Chapter Five of Fame and Fortune. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fame and Fortune, or the Progress of Richard Hunter, by Horatio Alger Jr. Chapter Five. Dick receives two valuable presents. At the end of the last chapter, we left Dick standing on the steps of Mr. Rockwell's residence in Madison Avenue. He had rung the bell and was waiting to have his summons answered. To say that Dick expected to enjoy his visit would not be strictly true. He knew very well that his street education had not qualified him to appear to advantage in fashionable society, and he wished that Fosdick were with him to lend him countenance. While under the influence of these feelings, the door was thrown open, and a servant looked at him inquiringly. Is Mr. Rockwell at home? asked Dick. Yes. Would you like to see him? He asked me to call this evening. What? Are you the boy that saved Master Johnny from drowning? asked the servant, her face brightening up, for Johnny was a great favorite in the house. I jumped into the water after him, said Dick modestly. I heard Mr. Rockwell say he was expecting you tonight. Come right in. Mistress is very anxious to see you. Placed a little at his ease by this cordial reception, Dick followed the servant upstairs to a pleasant sitting room on the second floor. Mr. and Mrs. Rockwell were seated at a center table, reading the evening papers, while Johnny and his sister Grace were constructing a tower of Babel with some blocks upon the carpet before the fire. Dick entered and stood just within the door, with his cap in his hand, feeling a little embarrassed. I am glad to see you, Richard, said Mr. Rockwell. Rising from his seat and advancing to our hero with a pleasant smile. Mrs. Rockwell has been anxious to see you. My dear, this is the brave boy who saved our little Johnny. Mrs. Rockwell, a tall, graceful lady, with a smile that quite captivated Dick, offered her hand and said earnestly, My brave boy, I have been wishing to see you. I shudder to think that, but for your prompt courage, I should now be mourning the loss of my dear little Johnny. Accept a mother's thanks for a favor so great that she could never hope to repay it. Now, this acknowledgment was very pleasant to Dick, but it was also very embarrassing. It is difficult to receive praise gracefully. So our hero, not knowing what else to say, stammered out that she was very welcome. I understand that you have entered my husband's employment, said Mrs. Rockwell. Yes, said Dick. He was kind enough to take me. I hope to make a man of business of our young friend, said Mr. Rockwell. He will soon feel at home in his new position, and I hope we may find the connection mutually satisfactory. Have you a pleasant boarding place? asked Mrs. Rockwell. Tip top, said Dick. I, I mean, pretty good, he added, in a little confusion. Where is it? In Bleecker Street. Said Dick, very glad that he was not obliged to say Mott Street. That is quite a good location, said Mr. Rockwell. How do you spend your evenings, Richard? In studying with a friend of mine, said Dick. I want to know something by the time I grow up. That is an excellent resolution, said his employer with warm approval. I wish more boys of your age were equally sensible. You may depend upon it that a good education is the best preparation for an honorable and useful manhood. What is your friend's name? Henry Fosdick. He rooms with me. I am glad you have a friend who shares your tastes. 
but perhaps you would like to renew your acquaintance with the young gentleman to whom you have rendered so great a service. Johnny has been allowed to stay up beyond his usual bedtime because you were coming. Johnny, come here. Johnny rose from his blocks and came to his mother's side. He was a pleasant-looking little fellow with a pair of bright eyes and round, plump cheeks. He looked shyly at Dick. Did you ever see this young man? asked his mother. Yes, said Johnny. When was it? When I was in the river, said Johnny. He pulled me out. Are you glad to see him? Yes, said Johnny. What is his name? Dick, said our hero, who somehow could not help feeling, when called Richard, that some other boy was meant. Won't you come and help me build a house? asked little Johnny. Dick accepted the invitation with pleasure, feeling more at home with children than with older persons. This is Sister Grace, said Johnny, with an offhand introduction. I saw you on the boat, said Dick. Yes, said Grace. I was there. Oh, how frightened I was when Johnny fell into the water! I don't see how you dared to jump in after him. Oh, I've been swimming many a time. I don't mind it, said Dick. I suppose you're used to it, like the fishes, said Johnny. I'm glad I'm not a fish. I shouldn't like to live in the water. I don't think I should either, said Dick. Now, What do you think fishes do when it rains? I do not know. They go down to the bottom of the sea to get out of the wet. Isn't it wet down at the bottom of the sea? asked Johnny in good faith. Of course it is, you little goose, said Grace, with an air of superior wisdom. Will you make me a house? said Johnny. What kind of a house do you want? said Dick, seating himself on the carpet and taking up the blocks. Any kind, said Johnny. Dick, beginning to feel quite at home with the children, erected an imposing looking house, leaving little spaces for the doors and windows. That's better than the house Grace made, said Johnny, looking at it with complacency. But it won't last very long, said Dick. You'd better sell it before it tumbles over. Do you own any houses? asked Johnny. Not many, said Dick, smiling. My father owns this house, said Johnny. He paid fifty dollars for it. I didn't think houses were so cheap, said Dick. I'd like to buy one at that price. You're a little goose, Johnny, said Grace. He gave as much as five hundred dollars. Grace doesn't know much more about the price of real estate than Johnny, said Mr. Rockwell. Didn't the house cost as much as five hundred dollars? asked Grace. As much as that, certainly, my dear. Just then, by an unguarded movement of Johnny's foot, the edifice of blocks reared by Dick became a confused ruin. I've got tired of building houses, he announced. Won't you tell me a story, Dick? I don't think I know any, said our hero. Here is a book of pictures, said his mother, bringing one from the table. Perhaps your new friend will show them to you. Dick took the book and felt very glad that he had learned to read. Otherwise, he might have been considerably embarrassed. The children asked a great many questions of Dick about the pictures, some of which he could not answer. Johnny, on being shown the picture of a Turkish mosque, asked if that was the place where the turkeys went to church. If there was any place for a goose to go to church, you'd go there, 
said his sister. "'I ain't a goose any more than you are,' said Johnny indignantly. "'Am I, Dick?' Just then the servant came in to carry the children to bed, and considerably against their wishes they were obliged to withdraw. "'Come again, Dick,' said Johnny. "'Thank you,' said Dick. "'Good night.' "'Good night,' said the two children, and the door closed upon them. "'I think I'll be going,' said Dick, who did not feel quite so much at ease now that his young friends had left him. "'Wait a few minutes,' said Mrs. Rockwell. She rang the bell, and a servant brought up some cake and apples, of which Dick was invited to partake. I need not detail the conversation, but Mrs. Rockwell, with the tact of a genuine lady, managed to draw out Dick and put him quite at his ease. "'How old are you, Richard?' she asked. Fifteen, said Dick. "'Going on sixteen. "'You are getting to be quite a young man. "'Old enough to wear a watch. "'Have you one?' "'No,' said Dick, "'not suspecting the motive that led to her question. "'Will you allow me the pleasure of supplying deficiency?' "'said Mrs. Rockwell. "'As she spoke, she drew from a box at her side "'a very neat gold watch and chain, "'and placed it in Dick's hands.' Our hero was so astonished at first that he could scarcely believe that this valuable present was intended for him. "'Is it for me?' he asked hesitatingly. "'Yes,' said Mrs. Rockwell, smiling pleasantly. "'I hope you will find it of service.' "'It is too much,' said Dick. "'I do not deserve it.' "'You must let me be the judge of that,' said the lady kindly. "'Here is the key. I nearly forgot to give it to you.' "'I suppose you know how to wind it up?' "'Yes,' said Dick. "'I understand that. "'I am very much obliged to you.' "'You are very welcome. "'Whenever you look at it, "'let it remind you that under all circumstances "'you can rely upon the friendship of Johnny's parents.' "'Dick slipped the watch into a watch-pocket in his vest, "'for which he had never before had any use, "'and attached the chain to his buttonhole. "'How beautiful it is!' he said, in tones of admiration. "'It was bought at Balls and Blacks,' said Mrs. Rockwell. "'If it should not keep a good time, or anything should happen to it, I advise you to take it there, and they will repair it for you.' Dick perceived by his new watch that it was nearly ten o'clock, and rose to go. He was kindly invited to renew his visit, and promised to do so. Just as he was leaving the room, Mr. Rockwell handed a sealed envelope to Dick, saying— "'Put this in your pocket, Richard. "'It will be time enough to open it when you get home.' Dick sped home much more quickly than he had come. He thought with delight of Fosdick's surprise when he should see the new watch and chain, and also with pardonable exultation of the sensation he would produce at the table when he carelessly drew out his watch to see what time it was. When he reached his boarding-house and went upstairs, he found Fosdick sitting up for him. "'Well, Dick, what sort of a time did you have?' he asked. "'Tip-top!' said Dick. "'Who did you see?' "'Mr. and Mrs. Rockwell, and two children. "'Johnny, the one I fished out of the water, and his sister, Grace. "'Johnny's a jolly little chap, and his sister is a nice girl.' "'Halloa! What's that?' asked Fosdick, suddenly espying the watch-chain. "'What do you think of my new watch?' asked Dick, drawing it out. "'Do you mean to say it's yours?' "'Yes.' "'Mrs. Rockwell gave it to me. "'It's a regular beauty. "'Mr. Henderson has got one that he paid a hundred dollars for, "'but it isn't as nice as yours. "'Seems to me I have no end of luck,' 
said Dick. "'I'll be a young man of fortune before I know it.' "'People will think you are now, when they see you wear such a watch as that.' "'Johnny Nolan think I stole it, if you should see it,' said Dick. "'Poor chap. I wish some luck would come to him. I saw him to-day, looking just as I used to, before I met Frank.' "'There's some difference between then and now, Dick. "'Yes, I was a rough chap in them days.' "'In those days, Dick. In those days. "'And I don't know but I am now. "'But I'm trying to improve. "'With you to help me, I think I'll grow up respectable. "'I hope we both will, Dick. "'But who's that letter from that you've just taken out of your pocket?' "'Oh, I forgot. "'Mr. Rockwell handed it to me, just before I came away, "'and told me not to open it till I got home. "'Perhaps it says he hasn't any more occasion for my valuable services.' "'That isn't very likely, considering the present you have brought home. "'But open it. I'm curious to see what's in it.' "'The envelope was cut open, and a piece of paper dropped out. "'Fosdick picked it up, and to his inexpressible amazement, "'ascertained that it was a check on the park bank for the sum of one thousand dollars, "'made payable to Richard Hunter on order. "'A thousand dollars!' repeated Dick, overwhelmed with astonishment. "'You're only fooling me. Perhaps it's ten dollars.' "'No, it's a thousand dollars. Read it yourself, if you don't believe it.' "'I wish you'd pinch me, Fosdick,' said Dick seriously. "'Certainly, if you wish it.' "'That's enough,' said Dick hastily. "'I only wanted to make sure I wasn't dreaming. I can't believe I'm worth a thousand dollars.' "'You're a lucky fellow, Dick,' said Fosdick, "'and you deserve your luck. I'm heartily glad of it. "'About the best luck I ever had was in meeting you,' said Dick affectionately. "'I'm going to give you half the money.' "'No, you're not, Dick. Thank you all the same,' said Fosdick decidedly. "'It was meant for you, and you must keep it. I'll get along well enough. If I don't, I know you'll help me.' "'But I wish you'd take half the money.' "'No, Dick.' "'It wouldn't be right. "'But your new watch says it's getting late, "'and we had better go to bed.' "'It was some time before Dick fell asleep. "'His good luck had so excited him "'that he found it difficult to calm down sufficiently "'to sink into a quiet slumber.' End of chapter 5